0: 2.46 million people in England have osteoarthritis of the hip, and many of those go on to eventually have a hip replacement, which is now widely considered one of the most commonly performed and successful operations in the world. I'm Jessamy Bagginal, clinical fellow with the BMJ, and in this podcast I'm joined by Nick Nicholas, an obstetrician who has had osteoarthritis and one of the authors of a clinical update on hip osteoarthritis, recently published on the BMJ.com. In a linked podcast, I've talked to Nick Arreste, a specialist registrar in trauma and orthopaedics, to give us clinical details. Nick, when did you first start experiencing
1: symptoms? Um, Probably about three or four years ago. Well, I noticed particularly that uh, my range of movements in one of my hips was becoming more restricted uh, and particular particular movements of my hip um, caused me pain. and I, I was beginning to limp.
0: And so, what did you do? Did you go to your GP, or did you kind of well,
1: no, talk to I'm friends about it? Yeah, because I'm a doctor in a in a hospital. I'm surrounded by orthopedic surgeons because uh, I'm also a gynaecologist. So I'm 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 in the operating theatre and in the coffee room with orthopedic surgeons. So I I mentioned it to one of my colleagues, and he said, "Well, you know, take some painkillers and uh, you know tried I tried sort of conservative measures." 'Cause I wasn't particularly keen to, to have surgery because I was uh you know, a fairly busy guy myself and I, I wanted to try and try and sort of um deal with it in the in the in the most conservative way possible. So yeah, I took painkillers.
0: And did they work for you?
1: Initially they helped, um, but I found with time they got worse uh they, they became less and less effective. Um so I then went back to my colleague and I said look you know the painkillers are really not helping uh, I noticed I was getting a lot of groin ache um so I um I got one of my um radiology consultant colleagues to he injected my my hip which with some steroid and anesthetic um uh, which was very good I got immediate relief you know instant relief as soon as I got the injection into my hip uh, into my groin um and Instant relief, which lasted only for about you know three or four weeks, there. So. so I didn't feel like going for another injection.
0: And so after you had the steroid injection, what what then sort of happened? Did you go through another period of kind of things getting worse? Yeah.
1: Or well, yeah, I mean I had the steroid, and I got relief for about a month, and then things gradually got worse. Uh, and I carried on with the pill with the, the t- pills, and then I I started to basically avoid um, activity that involved. You know what was causing me to have pain in the first place. So, you know, if anything that involved me bringing my hip out, my leg out, um, I would try and avoid. Um,
0: mm.
1: So I sort of sort of avoid things that would cause the pain, um, and it helped up to a point. Uh, and I I I was walking, uh, and when I thought about it, I, I I walked normally without limping, but I just had pain. And eventually, my I couldn't overcome it, so I couldn't not limp. It was just so painful. Um, And people used to say to me, "Are you limping?" And I'd say, "Yeah." So then I had I had other colleagues say to me, "You're limping," and then I had patients of mine say, "Are you limping?" (laughs) You know, so that actually made me feel very aware. Having said so all this, I, I was still very reluctant to have surgery, um, purely because I just didn't have the time. Uh, and my orthopaedic surgeon, I think, gave me some a nice bit of advice. He said to me, first of all, don't have surgery until you're ready. But, he said, you'll know when you're ready when you can't get your socks on. So that was my benchmark. I thought, well, you know what, all these other things, yeah, they cause pain and, and uh, we know what the problem is. But... I can still get my socks on, and then one morning I woke up to go to work, and I couldn't get dressed, so I had to wake my wife up to put my socks on. And I thought, now I'm ready. Mm. So that's for me. That was the, the 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 ground sort of changing moment that said, look, you know, now you have to do something.
0: And that process of kind of considering surgery was that a kind of clear process to you that was
1: like well explained and yeah I mean for me as a doctor as a surgeon I know what can go wrong but I have absolute confidence in the fact you know I mean obviously I've been to see see one of the I saw the orthopedic surgeon formally and uh, we did an x-ray of my hip and um, you know you basically said look you've got osteoarthritis in one hip Uh, and the other one is not far behind. Um, So I knew I had it in both hips. Um, But I didn't seem to be affected by the other one. So um, I sort of, uh, I knew that something needed to be done. um, And I just didn't feel that I had the time, but it was a question of making the time because it was now affecting the quality of my life.
0: And when you kind of had the operation, how did it, Meet with your expectations, the recovery process and things yeah, was it I mean, was it easy
1: or harder or um, no the the operation first of all they I wanted to be put to sleep, but the surgeons uh the, you know, the surgeon i i i did, chose he he told me he did a more under spinal anesthetic um and i I didn't want to rock the boat. I thought, well, you know what, don't start demanding being put to sleep when, in fact, they're used to doing it that one way, which I think is always bad. So I I just went with the flow, a little bit apprehensive about the idea of of being potentially awake, Um, although they do give you some sedation, so you are sort of literally sleeping. Um, So I had the operation, and um, during the operation, I woke up because of the the noise from the the, uh, drills (laughs) and the things so that actually woke me up and they quickly put me back to sleep but that was you know I wasn't anaesthetised I was just sleeping. Uh, I didn't feel anything so it was all pain free and um, the operation went well and my recovery was remarkably good in the sense that because I hadn't been anaesthetised I literally got taken to recovery and I was I was wide awake and my wife commented on how alert and awake I looked and if I'd looked as if I'd just literally just had a sleep uh, and not been anaesthetised. So that was a plus. Um, and then the following morning, I had it done on a Thursday afternoon, the following morning I was literally um, visited by the physiotherapy and I was out of bed walking on um, with the frame. Um Unbelievable. I couldn't believe how, you know, something like this, where my hip was uh, ceramic, uncemented. So I had uncemented hip replacement. And I was able to walk on it. Uh, I was a little bit apprehensive, thinking this is bound to uh, go wrong. But obviously, you have to trust um, what people do and trust their expertise. So they got me walking the first day, and I found it remarkably easy. Uh, And then I think by the next afternoon or the following morning, I was was negotiating the stairs uh, with the physio, which I found very easy. And I think I stayed in for three nights um, and went home. Um, after three nights, and remarkably pain-free, really. I wasn't in much pain at all. So it wasn't half as bad as I thought it would be.
0: That's really good, isn't it? And so, kind of, how did you, how was the process of getting back to normal, or did you get back to
1: normal, or...? Well, yeah, I was motivated um, to go back to normal, because I obviously wanted to go back to work. the downside was I had to wear these blasted knee stockings to avoid thrombosis. And that was the worst part of my recovery. And I really mean the worst part because uh, these stockings are really tight up against your, you know, below the knee. Uh, And there's no way I could take them off and put them on. My wife had to do that every day. Um, And so I used to get in the shower and she'd sort of um, put the stockings on for me. And I used to take the first hip operation, I had to take the toaster which is the oral anticoagulant. The second time around, I just took aspirin. They didn't uh, change the regime. So I took the toaster for six weeks. Um, so so the recovery was, was remarkably good. I was negotiating. I was walking with one stick. Uh, well, with two sticks initially, um, and then going up and down the stairs. Within about three weeks, I was walking without a stick.
0: And when did you, what was the kind of timeline that you felt, okay, I'm kind of back to where I was a couple of years ago, or
1: well, sort of physically? Well, uh, at three weeks, I, I actually went back to work at about, I went to work at, back to work at six weeks, I think, but I could have gone back to work for about four or five weeks, I reckon, but it's just I couldn't drive. Wow. So, so I, I was actually, I felt like I could go back to work after about four or five weeks, to be honest.
0: Amazing.
1: Yeah, I was getting bored sitting at home. <laughs>
0: And was that the same for your second hip as well? Second was, time, yeah. Second
1: time, in fact, second time I was in hospital for two days. Um, and there, they gave me strong painkillers, OxyContin, which is really, I mean, made me sick as a dog. Uh, all I needed was paracetamol. I didn't need anything else. It's not a painful operation. It's not a painful operation. Now, obviously, hip replacements in young people, you know, bearing in mind, you know, I'm 63 now, and I was like, it was three, you know, this was done about three years ago, I was like 60, 59, 60, I think as opposed to an 80-year-old having a hit the face, and it's slightly different. So sure. my recovery, I think, was better because I was younger uh, and I didn't really have any other problems, medical problems as such. So I recovered very well. I was motivated, recovered very well and was keen to get back to work. Um, and... I only needed paracetamol for pain relief. And um, the worst thing, I'd say, were the, these blasted six stockings for six weeks. I cannot... I mean, that really was the worst thing. And the uh-huh. other bad thing was that my surgeon uses clips. So I had to go back after two weeks have the clips and that was quite painful. Um, you know, and I as a surgeon never use clips. So I use stitches. <laughs> because I think uh-huh. taking them out is painful. and they were painful, but that's what he does. And I just went with the flow.
0: And now... That you're kind of past all of it. Are there times that you do you forget about it, or, totally, or yeah, are there I
1: mean, times? I mean, I think as the time's gone by, I, my um, I totally forget about it. In fact, I cross my legs. I you know I I sit cross-legged. I do things that you know, in technically you're not supposed to do, but um, it's perfectly okay. I get, I've got no pain. I've got the full range of movements. Um, I've got no regrets whatsoever. It's probably one of the best operations around. Uh, because recovery is quick, and you know you're you're back to normal pre pre you know pre-operative activity very quickly.
0: I'm Jessamy Baganon, and you've been listening to Nick Nicholas talk about her article hip osteoarthritis, which is now available on the BMJ.com. In a linked podcast, I talked to Nick Aresti, a specialist registrar in trauma and orthopaedic surgery, to give us clinical details.